Welcome to episode 13 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And we got uh, two episodes this week, Fear of Victory and The Clock King. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed them. Yeah. I remember last week, you and our audio tech were joking about Clock King not being this, like, up-to-par villain. Oh, yeah. But I really enjoy him. He's, like, Clock King, Calendar Man are two, I think, of very underrated villains in the Batman arsenal. You know, I had the same thought, actually. As I was watching it, I was like, man, I really like Clock King. I think, and we'll get more into detail later, I think he's better than the episode he's in. Oh, yeah. A little bit. Mm-hmm. But I was like, actually, you know what? He's, he is kind of a weirdly cool villain. Like, he shouldn't be because he's just some dude obsessed with clocks. But there's something about him being, like, really smart and all about timing and punctuality. Mm-hmm. These well, all sound really lame things, but he's actually kind of cool. Well, my first uh, kind of interaction with the character was actually the Justice League episode. He's oh, that's right. Yeah, he that comes we'll back get in. To in six and a half years. Oh, some, yeah, something. I started, like, projecting along the lines here as to mm-hmm. how far we're going. And we're getting... Actually, kind of close-ish to our first movie. Yeah. But even then, that probably won't be until, like, April? Something like that? We've got a ways to go. Yeah. Yeah, if you remember that episode, they kind of pin him as the anti-Oracle. Oh, right, yeah. He's the one, he's the mastermind running the schemes in the background. And I think, yeah, that's a very good role for him, and it it kind of uses his powers didn't he have a similar job when he was on Arrow or The Flash? Like, as I was looking up the character, he yeah, appears he in, in both. Flash. Or no, yeah. it, was the cro- it was the first crossover episode was both of them, right? No, that was Captain Boomerang. I think it was Boomerang? That was Boomerang. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> before we get to Clock King, right? we, we have, have uh, another Scarecrow episode yeah. with, with Fear of Victory. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Cameron, walk us through what happens in Fear of Victory. Uh, this is a very different kind of episode, I feel like. Yeah, it was. It was a very was. odd plot. But it was a it was a cool plot. Yeah. Uh, so it opens up with two college students watching basically Sports Center going over highlights. Mm-hmm. So one of the roommates is a college football player. Uh, what was his name? Brian. Something. Brian Rogers. Brian Rogers. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, and I didn't make the connection until later that that his roommate was Dick. Really? Yeah. I I didn't even you didn't just think like about it. Instantly recognize him. No, the he voice the, the look. mask wasn't there. But. <laughs> You didn't recognize him from the the little photo on his wall that was like him at graduation with Bruce. That was like good luck at college. I honestly Dick. wasn't paying that much attention to the background. Oh my god! Really? Literally, my first note is, "Hey, it's Dick." <laughs> no, mine is mine is a couple ones down. Um, <laughs> at least you caught on eventually. <laughs> yeah, when they got in the Batmobile, I caught on. Oh man! So they're playing this highlight reel, and they're the announcers kind of not sure what's happening because all of these pro athletes are kind of losing their mojo. Yeah, they're freaking out. Yeah, with no real explanation. And then suddenly the door op- or the someone comes to the door and it's a odd shaded character. Yeah, it's got like uh, a big mustache and big glasses and yeah. he's carrying a telegram cuz that's still a thing. This episode felt very dated. It's very well there's so many elements of it that are weirdly anachronistic. Yeah. We, it's well established that this takes place in the 90s, but this weird, like, weird, timeless... Like 60s, 90s. Yeah, well, even other than that, because the, you know, the football players, both professional and college, oh, yeah, are wearing, wearing, like, the old, like, leatherhead mm-hmm. suits, which I don't think this has been around since the 30s or the 40s. Yeah, so, but it's black and white TV showing modern sports highlights of classic football players, and telegrams are still a thing. Right. Um, like no one got weirded out that a telegram arrived. If someone well, knocked in your door and said like, "Oh, here's a telegram," 
But, well, if you saw later in the episode, like the other pro athletes were also getting telegrams. Yeah. So it's just like part of the culture still, even though everyone has a phone. I guess they just it, don't have answering machines. Yeah. They have everything but. Okay, so no, everyone has like landlines, but no has cell phones. Right. Yeah. Except pro- Bruce probably does. He probably does, but he doesn't share his tech as we've established. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they get the telegram. It basically says something along the lines of, Oh, uh, only a fool knows no fear. Right. Thank you. And he got it, you know, the day before his big game mm-hmm. with all the scouts. Uh, we jump to the big game. Uh, Brian is freaking out on the field. There's a uh, kind of a pan shot where you see Scarecrow in the rafter. You see the Scarecrow silhouette in the rafters. Yeah, out there cackling away. Mm-hmm. And Brian just kind of ruins his, his not really career, but yeah. he ruins, he throws the game because yeah, he can't. He, like he's in the huddle and he's freaking out. He doesn't know what to do. And the other player's like, well, no, we should pass. Don't run it. And then he, he goes to pass and he sees the opposing team charging towards him. They turn into literal monsters. Mm-hmm. And so then he's like down on the ground and he's crying and he's freaking out. And Dick just leaps out onto the fields and yeah no one questions it no no one stops him just right. he's like oh just let him do his thing yeah in the middle of the game this guy knows bruce yeah this guy knows bruce wayne and they're not gonna stop him yeah he's a ward so yeah and uh the guy's still freaking out and dick's like oh what the hell's something's weird going on here yeah so then we jump to the batmobile dick jumps into the into the car with bruce they're driving around the city doing their patrol uh, Robin's explaining all of this to to Batman, and the worst criminals ever appear because Bruce notices a necklace fall from the sky, a, like a pearl necklace. Yeah, just lands in the street. Yeah, and he looks up, and it's these two crooks holding a box of jewelry, like half over the side of the fifty foot building, just um, losing loot off the side of the building. It's like okay, so they. They jump out. They grapple into action. Well, so it was a different grappling hook. Did you notice that? I did notice that. Well, I think, yeah. It was a weird, like, two-handed... Yeah, they launched a normal grapple, but for some reason, rather than the traditional claws, they're like batarangs, mm-hmm. more or less, that then lodge into the ceiling. And then, yeah, how did you, how would you describe it? It's kind of like... um it's like a roller, like a two-handed roller. Right. Like like, it, like it's a piece of gym equipment is the same thing. Where like you hold it with both hands, like you roll out and roll back. And yeah. It's like a wheel in the middle of it. Weirdest thing. Yeah. And I don't understand why they use that because a minute later you see, so we'll continue the episode yeah. as they're uh, climbing up the building, Robin starts freaking out in the same way that his roommate did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he like lets go of the grappling hook, leeches onto the wall and can't. And yeah. it's just like, stunned he can't that's some move. like serious strength too because he's not on a ledge he's like literally like pressed arms and legs against it that's impressive especially in a moment of panic mm-hmm. i mean it's, it's robin it's, yeah it's dick grayson so i get it but that aside so batman being the good father slash brother figure he mm-hmm. is just like forgets about the hint you know, the goons up on the roof and goes in to try and save robin the goons notice they throw what has to be like a 400 pound yeah. block of cement so they have crowbars because mm-hmm. Everyone has crowbars. Because that's the goon weapon of choice. Yeah, exactly. It's the wet bandits here. They got their crowbars. Mm-hmm. They, uh, yeah, so they lodge, unlodge, dislodge? Dislodge. Thank you. That sounds right. <laughs> they unlodge some bricks, which fall down. But and, it's not like, it's not bricks. It's well, a, yeah, they start with bricks. A and, cube. And then, yeah, it's a, it's a giant stone, like, actually, no, probably metal statue, mm-hmm. like a gargoyle style statue on top of the building with what has to be, hundreds of pounds of concrete right underneath it and they just crack this thing open and push it off the side mm-hmm. those guys are strong 
And it doesn't even do any damage when it hits the ground. Like, that yeah. ground should be destroyed. Yeah, it, it should put a huge crater in the ground. Right. But yeah, so these you guys are just chucking about a thousand pounds worth of building ornament off the side. Right. So as the stone comes falling down, Batman lets go of his first grappling hook, kind of runs around the side of the building and uses his normal grappling hook. So that's what I didn't understand. I guess they needed that. They needed the first one so he could use the second one. I think they needed a moment of peril because we do get a commercial break as he's falling. And what I'll give them credit for, at least when we come back, he does what he should do, which is just launch his grapple gun. Right. Which we have seen him not do in so many other instances. Mm -hmm. So the, the crooks get away. Batman goes up and like slowly descends with Robin. Well, hang on. First though, he he uh he swings into Oh, into oh right. How could I miss the most the most fantastic moment of this episode? <laughs> so using the grappling hook, he swings through a window and it's a woman in her robe mm-hmm. who starts off panicked yeah, like, oh, and then turns into this like seductive like oh hello. Oh my. What are you doing here? Yeah. You surprised me. In my hour of delicacy. Yeah. Um, Batman gives her a little wink. Yeah, Batman (laughs) walks out the door. You see that creepy smile come back. Smug bastard. And then we continue the story. Yeah, and then then we go back, and he's like, oh, right, yeah. Oh, right. White ward is clinging to the side of a building. Then they slowly descend. They go back to the The Batcave. Oh, they go to the dorm first. Dorm first, yeah, because they're like, well, this can't be a coincidence that you and your roommate both had panic attacks. Yeah. What's the deal? Uh, So they pick up the telegram. Yeah, they figure there's powder on it. So then they go back to the Batcave, where Batman has lab cats. Yeah. I, I assumed they were at, like, a pet store at first, because they just show, like, four or five cats in, like, glass containers. Maybe he just bought them. <laughs> just, I, like, I like to think, I hope that he doesn't just have, like, lab <laughs> cats on hand at all times. I, I think he does, but I like your idea that on their way back to the Batcave, they pulled into a uh, drive through pet store, mm-hmm. opened the roof, and it's like, I need um, like five of those cats. Or I mean... Like you, a bag of mice. Well, you too. see... Honestly, you see so many cats walking around Gotham. He could have just found them on the ground outside that's, of like I Wayne suppose Manor. That's, I suppose that's true. <laughs> he sent Robin to just go collect some cats. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You see more cats running around than you do mice in this city. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. There's a lot of cats. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Selena Kyle just brings them in hordes from other yeah. cities. Yeah. She's out of town right now. So they're all on the loose. Yeah. So they, they grab all these these cats and they're they're testing out the, the powder on those cats. They mm-hmm. kind of like get kitty and they yeah. rub it yeah. uh, face. And they learn that adrenaline activates kind of the fear toxin. It turns yeah. adrenaline and excitement into fear and panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they put a mice, like a, a, like that they put a mice, they put a mouse in there, and the cat freaks out. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, clearly yeah. this is a problem. Yeah, so it's, it's clearly a fear toxin, so they have to go and talk to the fear expert. Scarecrow. Which is, yeah, uh, yeah. Dr. Crane, who is supposedly locked up in Arkham. Yep, which is where they head. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is the first time we see a non-Joker character escape from Arkham. Because everyone yeah. is very surprised by this. Like, Batman's like, there's no way anyone can get out of Gotham, even though he's fought the Joker four times at this point. Yeah, and every time he's just constantly getting out of there. Yeah. Well, I, maybe the Scarecrow just found a wayward rocket-powered Christmas tree. Just, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> just made his escape. Yeah, because they go, and uh, Batman confronts a guard, and the guard's like, no, no, don't go in there. Like, I, I promise he's in there. there. Yeah, yeah, I saw him five minutes ago. Trust me, mm-hmm. he's in there. Batman doesn't buy it. But what I did appreciate, so as he is walking through Goth or uh, Arkham, mm-hmm. you see all of the past villains that we fought. 
Yeah, I think we see pretty much all of them, right? Uh, well, you see, you see the th- the big three. Yeah, you see Joker, mm-hmm. you see Poison Ivy, and Two Face. Two Face. Yeah, I guess that's everyone we we see. Yeah, you wouldn't see Clayface because people think he's dead. Yeah, Mister Freeze, Freeze was in his own like section of Arkham. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he's in like the the cold section there. Mm-hmm. Croc, ow. Oh. But uh, yeah, you don't see Croc. Uh, Sewer King, he's <laughs> missing from this lineup. Our old favorite Sewer King. Oh, the Sewer King. Uh, Mr. Invisible, that other oh, great guy. Yeah, I don't even remember his name. That, I think that's why they didn't show him. Yeah, that's how forgettable he is. Uh, so, yeah, we, they get to the end of the hall. They open the door. They see Scarecrow's outfit, and it's being moved in a rocking chair mm-hmm. by just kind of a remote control device. Yeah, so so he's gone. Crane has escaped. Surprise. Yeah. Someone uh, got out of God, or Arkham. Yeah. So then we're over at a, a bookie's. Mm-hmm. Where, Leon the bookie. Leon the bookie, yeah, where Scarecrow in his weird disguise. Is he wearing a mask on top of his mask? Yeah. Yeah. You see later he removes it very quickly, too. Yeah. It, I think it just kind of like snaps off or something. It's is it just a mustache and sunglasses? But, but I, it's like his his big crazy grin is gone though. So Or it's just hidden. Like he has that giant collar that kind of oh. hides most of his face. You know what? And I didn't really think best at the time, but this is a different look for the Scarecrow. Because the last time we saw him, he looked more like the disguise, where it, he was wearing the hood and he just kind of had like That's true. He had the big crazy grin. It was kind of a more subtle mouth and just normal kind of eyes. And this mm-hmm. time, uh, yeah, big, wide, like detailed eyes and a big, wide mouth with all these teeth. That's weird. So I almost wonder if like when they started sketching out his disguise, they based it off of his old look. Because if, if you put sunglasses and a mustache on his old look, it would look the same. Mm-hmm. But then they decided to give him, maybe to differentiate it more? I don't know. They gave him a totally different look this time around. I'm not sure. I missed that, too. Well, because I remember reading in, like, the IMDb trivia, like, you got to redesign. I'm like, no, he didn't. Like, oh, wait, no, he did. Mm-hmm. He does look a lot better now that I think about it this time around. But anyway, so he's he's at the bookies, and mm-hmm. he's he's raking in some serious money. Yeah. Hey, I think I said he wins twelve, you know, $28,000. Woo. Well done. For... If we include the four things we saw in the sports center thing at the beginning, yeah, this would be his fifth win. Yeah, so he's making some serious money sabotaging these games. And the uh, was it Leo who was the bookie? Leon, the Leon, bookie. yeah, Leon's not buying it. Not the professional, the bookie. Um, yeah, he isn't. He doesn't believe that this like a person could be this lucky. So he sends his goon. Did you see who voiced the goon? It was Tim Curry, right? I was like, that was that Tim Curry. It was. It was of this, all like of all the roles Tim Curry could have gotten. Very un Tim Curry ish. He gets the two line goon. Yeah, like you know, I'm so used to thinking Tim Curry is like full Nigel Thornberry, and this was right. I didn't even notice. Or the pollution monster from Fern Gully. Oh, that's right. He did do that. Yeah. It's a great song. I haven't seen that in such a long time. Neither have I. But it's still a great role. So the goon follows Scarecrow. Very generic, normal, creeping behind scene. Yeah, like 10 feet behind in plain sight. They walk into Scarecrow's home, I assume. Uh, It was the Gotham Square Gardens. And there was some sort of horse show or like horse thing Okay, that makes, yeah, because they walk into the stables. Yeah, so they go into these stables which are full of straw. Mm-hmm. Of course there is. And Scarecrow, or the bookie thinks he's caught him. Scarecrow turns around, hits him with his um, telegram full of the fear powder. Mm-hmm. And then the the goon just starts freaking out and can't contain himself. Jump cut to the next morning. He's found by Gordon. And he's uh, the goon's now in the police infirmary, freaking out underneath the... Uh, the bench? Think 
bench. Yeah, I don't some, know. something. I don't know. There was a lot of a lot of information that happened this episode. Yeah, th- there was a lot of like really dense sections of exposition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically we figure out that uh, clue the scarecrow's Betty against the people he's sabotaging. As Batman points out in a rather dickish way to the commissioner, commissioner's like, "Oh, I don't see any connection between the bookie and all these sports teams failing." Batman just kind of calls him out on it. It's like, "Come on, man, put it together." No, oh, don't be mean to don't be mean to the poor commissioner. Right. Just he's he's trying to look for the best in people. Yeah. Like Unlike you, you, Batman. Dick. So we jump back to the Batcave. Mm-hmm. Robin is still trying to overcome this fear. We're not sure when the toxin's going to wear off or even if it will. But he's like, suit up. I'm still going to bring you out crime fighting with me. Yeah. You know, what I found was interesting in this whole episode, Batman and Bruce is really, really supportive. Especially as you see later on in the series and into like the new adventures and Justice League, he develops this edge and he's kind of this guy who will do whatever's necessary to get the job done kind of at the expense of other people and their feelings. Mm -hmm. And in this situation, he's like really, really sympathetic to Robin. And it's like, no, come along. You'll be my second set of eyes. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'll drive slow. Yeah, I'll drive slow. It almost like it was nice, Mm -hmm. but it almost felt a little bit uncharacteristic. Well, the way that I see it is he was playing Alfred. This is oh. the same way that Alfred treats Bruce. And so that's yeah. kind of the only way he knows how to care for Robin. That's interesting. It's just repeat what Alfred did for him. Yeah. I guess I'm just so used to him really not caring for people in such an obvious way that it was weird. But that's a really good point, actually. I hadn't yeah. thought about that. that yeah, and also, there's no Alfred in this episode. Oh, so I think, okay. Someone had to. I think maybe like Alfred was supposed to give this little talk. Okay. Someone had Alfred up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And like, oh. Uh, who's the voice actor? Like he must have been busy. Ephraim Zimbalist yeah. Jr. He must yeah. have been busy that week. I guess so. Well, they had enough people in this. Yeah, because I mean they yeah. have they have Mark Hamill, they have Tim Curry, mm-hmm. they have whoever voices the Scarecrow. Yeah, I forgot his oh, name. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, they gave him a break. Mm-hmm. But uh, so they go to the next football game. Mm-hmm. Well, this one's now the, uh, um, the professional band. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gotham, the Knights, I believe. That makes sense. Um, of course it is. And Scarecrow was trying to freak out their quarterback as well. Mm-hmm. And Robin kind of thwarts the plane. Instead of giving him a telegram, he just pours a bunch of fear toxin into the helmet. Robin catches on, replaces the helmet, mm-hmm. go to the game. Guy's playing great. Scarecrow is like freaking out because I assume he bet all of his money again. Yeah. And he's losing because the fear toxin isn't activated and mm-hmm. he doesn't know why you learn that weirdly enough chemicals are kind of expensive in gotham yeah which makes no sense because there's a chemical plant at every corner well we have to factor in that those all those chemical plants probably have crazy insurance premiums right because they're constantly blowing up and getting lit on fire and stuff mm-hmm. so i imagine their profit margins are really really narrow so they probably have to jack up their prices a lot. that makes sense um, i'm trying to play logic to all this shit. we're trying we're trying, <laughs> we're trying. but yeah uh and so his scapegoat or scarecrow scapegoat is he has a tiny vial of fear toxin mm-hmm. but i guess that's enough he just wanted a, like one section he wasn't going for yeah. the whole stadium yeah just one like section drop in this one section it'll create pandemonium mm-hmm. and then one of the weirdest moments was he drops it and then there's just another ledge yes yeah, so they're up right. the rafters and yeah it, like oh, yeah. goes over the ledge and uh, it lands on like the next level down of rafters so Batman jumps down to like, oh, to I'll grab it. Grab it. <laughs> so the Joker or the Joker. Scarecrow Scare has to stop him. So he basically just falls yeah. on Batman. Uh, as Batman tries to escape, he just grabs a loose box of light bulbs and smashes them over Batman's head. So this is one of the few episodes I feel like we always talk about there's that grand scene that can't be done outside yeah. of animation. 
I think this is they were trying to make it trying, this scene, but it didn't really. It didn't really work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's kind of cool. They're up in the rafters, it's a little bit of danger, but you know, the game is playing on below undisturbed because mm-hmm. there's actually even like a, the the commentator is kind of he's talking out beats of the plays as they kind of parallel what's going on in the rafters. Which I just thought it was weird because you think you would might notice something going on, but if you didn't, you'd think you would notice all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of glass pouring onto the field from the broken box Or even not on the field, but like in one section. In one section, yeah, I think someone would look up like, oh, why is it raining glass? Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, it's Batman. Oh, shit, it's Batman. Oh, Batman's yeah. here. These Can you just buy a ticket like everyone like, else? <laughs> yeah. So the vial finally drops as mm-hmm. one of the loose light bulbs knocks it over the edge. Yeah. And Robin, overcoming his great fear, swings across and catches it midair. Yeah. As uh, I did really enjoy the the commentary mm-hmm. of the sports game was mirroring the action. So he caught it as the Gotham Knights scored their last touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then what? They just kind of like. Yeah, it's like, OK, well, cool. We got, we got, the, we got the vial. Uh, Scarecrow gets arrested. They're back at Wayne Manor and they're watching Brian, the roommate, getting drafted to. Oh, Gotham right. Knights. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's the number one draft pick. This episode uh, really encompassed every amount of football knowledge I knew. Yeah, pretty much. I knew what football is. Yeah. I knew what a quarterback does. Uh, and I knew what a first round pick means. First round pick, you knew the difference between a pass and a run. Yep. Yeah. That, that, you know, that's most of what you need to know. It was an interesting watching this episode because talking back over, it's very basic. It's a very simple plot. It does have like a pretty straightforward, easily resolved arc for Robin. He gets the central arc. But I really liked it. Yeah, it's it's. I feel like it's a very unique story because it's it's not really something that I feel like I've seen very much where I, I, we, there are a bunch of movies about stealing money, robbing banks. I really enjoy like when people fix, not really fix, but like count cards and like the gambling movies and stuff like that. Yeah, like hustlers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. This is an interesting, I mean, this is pretty much, this is kind of a hustle. Yeah, it basically is. But it, I don't know. It was just, I, I found myself watching it just kind of like going along going, all right, yeah, this is really simple, but it's fun. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's that it's got Robin in it and we've had so little Robin, only one episode right. so far. And, and so actually when. That's why I didn't recognize it. That's what, yeah. Well, and uh, because, you know, the order we're watching them in, it's not the same order that they were released in. Right. So in terms of actual release, this was the first episode that had Robin in it. Okay. I don't know. I think I like his presence. I think he is a good mm-hmm. foil. And um, I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, me too. And they kind of needed him because Batman was already hit with the fear toxin in the last episode. So they needed something else to hinder them. No, it was good. And I, although I was more, I was more excited to watch Clock King, but I found myself liking this episode <clears throat> better. Yeah, I think so. I, I think I agree with that. Uh, so speaking of Clock King, anything else in this episode or should we jive? Not really. It's pretty simple, pretty basic Fun little yeah, just superhero a, a fun episode of the week, but good. I think what I liked about it, we'll see in contrast to the next episode, is that it all basically holds together. There's not a lot of those moments where like the plot requires someone to do something stupid, and that's my big problem with well, the clocking. As we'll find out, is that the whole thing hangs on people acting like idiots, particularly right. Batman. Oh, this is also the first uh, repeat villain besides Joker episodes. This is the first time we're going uh, back to a villain we've already seen. Yeah, that's right. And I, I like the Scarecrow a lot, actually. Yeah. I mean, it shows that the writers, like, they already have a character set up. They don't have, like, they can just play in his world now. Yeah. Like, they don't have to do any more exposition in Earth. There's a lot of exposition. They don't have to give any more backstory. Yeah. Or give him reasons. We already know his motive. And we know his main plan of attack. We can just jump in and have an adventure and not have to be burdened by a whole bunch of backstory. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. Unlike the Clock King, 
Oh, so much. I didn't realize it was a backstory. So much backstory. It was all a backstory, and I had no idea. So, uh, Cameron, why do you walk us through the first very confusing scene of the clock king and explain why it's so goddamn confusing? Uh, so we start off, and we see, I don't remember the, the act, his actual name. Temple Fugit. Thank Yeah. Yeah, it's a play on Tempest Fugit, Time Flies. Oh, I didn't, didn't catch that. Yeah, it's pretty clever. Or is it really ham-fisted? It's a little bit of both. I mean, I didn't catch it, so it's clever enough. Sure. <laughs> I don't think any, you know, nine-year-old kid watching this is going to speak Latin. Is it Latin? Please tell me it, it is. Like, <laughs> you gave me this look like, it are is, you no, serious? It, it, it is Latin. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I thought well, so. I think kids used to have to study Latin. Right. No, I remember in Kim Latin. Possible, there was Tempest, uh, oh God, Tempest oh. monkey, the monkey, the monkey statue when they go back in time, Did, <laughs> you know, from Kim keep, Possible, Stitch in Time, you know that keep, movie. Yes, I know. Keep narrating. I'll look up the Kim Possible <laughs> time travel monkey. Um, so we we start off the ep- this episode with the clock king just kind of waiting for his train. It's running late. He gets on. He goes to talk to a young mayor Hill. Yeah. Well, that's what threw me off because I, I, I'm watching this and I just see what I assume is Mayor Hill sitting on a subway. Like, and what they, what they clearly establish is a rundown, crappy subway covered mm-hmm. in spray paint and stuff. I'm like, why is the mayor on it? Yeah, and we learn that he's still a lawyer, still a counselor. Yeah, counselor. Thank you. And Clock King is asking for advice on how to kind of get on the good side of the judge. Hill says that he's just too wound up. He needs to, you know, breathe, get off his schedule, calm down. And so he pushes his his way of calming down is he pushes his coffee break back 15 minutes. Yeah. Sorry, I was looking up the, the Tempest monkey. monkey. I, I couldn't find anything with Tempest. Oh, I'll find with it. With the monkey. You'll find it. I'll but find it I, so I don't know if you covered this. Maybe you already did. But that, uh, yeah, the Clock King, well, Tempest, Temple, he has... Uh, Basically, a court hearing that if he loses will cost him like twenty million dollars. Mm-hmm. You may have already mentioned that, and I would just no. I, I didn't understand any of the like political talk they were trying yeah, to go but, over. Yeah, basically that. Uh, yeah, he's got a lot at stake, and Hill's comment is, "Hey, you know, if the judge sees you all wound up, he's going to rule against you. So take fifteen minutes to go walk outside for a bit." And, and we can see this is super hard. For Temple, because he, like, is frustrated the train is, like, 30 seconds behind schedule, and he's mm-hmm. obsessed with time, and everything runs on time. It's all about punctuality and timeliness. It's he, what he's most proud of. He yeah. says that, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the, it's his core being. It's all about being on time. And so he does decide to take Hill's advice, and he goes out to sit in the park and read through his papers rather than being in his office, which doesn't go well for him, does it? No, because he's very poorly hit with a volleyball, I yeah. assume. And then at the same time, a gust his of wind. Paper, yeah, his papers go flying off. And as he tries to grab the last sheet of paper, a dog barks and he falls into the pond yeah. or the fountain. And he finds out that he's minutes late for his hearing. court hearing. Yeah. Judge yells at him for being late and he loses the case because he didn't show up on time. And then as he screams, no, he fades in the distance. You hear clocks ticking and seven years later. Seven years. I think this is the biggest time jump we've had so far, right? Because we've had a couple episodes with pretty big time jumps. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Poison Ivy was three years. Yeah. What was the last? Um, uh, Joker's favor. Was one year. Well, no, yeah, it was, two. It was two years. Yeah, Two yeah. years. Yeah. I think those are the only two time jumps we've had so far. Probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't been keeping tabs on our time jumps. I'm pretty sure it's the only two. Yeah. Maybe maybe our one fan out there can <laughs> tweet us how many time jumps have there been. But yeah, so it's seven years later, and uh, Mayor Hill is part of a motorcade mm-hmm. off to some event, and Bruce is also in his car being chauffeured by Alfred as part of the motorcade. Mm-hmm. This was a very weird scene. This whole, this, this probably five or eight minutes of this scene, uh, there's no music. 
I don't know if you I caught that. You only that. hear no. the uh, other VFX. So you hear the cars. Oh, that's kind of cool. Hear, yeah. And so I was ready. I was waiting to hear like the clock ticking or something mm-hmm. like some repetitive sound to be reminiscent of that. And I, uh, we didn't get it, which kind of not upset me, but I was like, I yeah. feel like that would have been a really interesting touch. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't remember there being like a particular score for this. Mm-mm. Hmm. Um, lots of ticking. Yeah. So they're driving through and then suddenly one of the traffic lights goes out. A taxi cab slams into Alfred and Bruce's car. Mm-hmm. Alfred gets out and yells at taxi drivers for being idiots. Yeah. Not British. <laughs> And then the biggest illegal activity we've seen in all of Gotham, Clock King, has these explosions go off. And all it is is a banner comes down of Mayor Hill saying, don't reelect him. And he drew like a tongue sticking out and, and then like devil, devil horns. horns. Yeah, it's real serious political slander. Yeah. Going on here. Oh, yeah. And Mayor Hill can't stand can't stand it. Yeah. Or is it Bruce- libel? It's technically print, isn't it? That doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) Bruce immediately, without even second thought, like we've seen people get away with so much. Yeah. And without even a second thought, he runs into a building. You see him kind of run up the stairwell and he transforms into Batman as he's running. Impressive. But I have a note about that too. Like of all the things that have happened in the show, this warrants his attention. Like this makes him run off in the middle of the day to go change the Batman to run up onto the roof. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got to watch out for that libel. Uh, Yeah. So he gets up, up onto... Up to the roof, he the roof. sees, we meet Clock King for the first time. Yep. It, costume isn't really different. He's still wearing the yeah. trench coat. Yeah, he's he still has, wearing, yeah, suit, bowler hat. But he has the cool glasses. Those are awesome glasses, has, yeah. With there, the, there's watches on the glasses. And I love his cane, too. It's like kind of cane slash blade that he carries around, mm-hmm. which is basically like a, a gold hand of a clock. Yeah. I love that cane. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and he also has expensive exploding... Uh, yeah. Pocket watches. So Batman kind of confronts him, and his response is something clocking, something, something. Mm-hmm. Throws like you can't beat me because yeah, I know twirls every a, minute a, a watch that goes past Batman and blows up. Mm-hmm. We figure it's going to do something to stop him. It doesn't. No, he just kind of like looks at it and then looks back, and clocking is just casually strolling towards the exit. Yeah. Well, no, he he just sits down on the ledge. He doesn't go to the exit. No, he does. He starts oh, does walking he? towards okay. the, the stairwell, and then Batman jumps in. He's like, oh, oh okay. that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Well, hey, joke's on you. The 11, 15 Yeah, I know the train is always six minutes early. Yep. Off the side and, of the yeah. building, onto the train. Uh, and Batman wah, is wah. like, how did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is one of many times where Batman gets foiled because he's acting like an idiot. But Batman realizes if to have messed with the traffic signals, clocking would have had to sabotage Gotham Transit building. Mm-hmm. So he uh, he has Alfred drive him around. This is an interesting episode, too, because it all takes place basically during the day. And it's Alfred chauffeuring Batman around. Right. I think that's roles. hilarious. It's kind of fun. It's silly. It's very weird. It's almost kind of 1960s-esque. A little bit. You can kind of mm-hmm. see that sort of thing happening. Although if it were happening in the 60s, Alfred would be wearing like a domino mask too and be in disguise. Oh, that'd be great. He does. I'm sure you remember from the movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, where is it? But so Batman goes in to investigate the the, the transit building. Signal, yeah. One of the, the computers, I think it's a computer, has been blown up. And what's left behind is a bit of a, a remnant of a $6,000 pocket watch right. that the Clock King uses. As his bomb. explosive devices, Yeah. Why? Like I don't know. I don't get it. So I mean, I, you kind of think, okay, the whole point is he lost tons of money. That's so twenty million dollars. Yes, yeah, so you assume he's destitute, mm-hmm. but he's but his I get throwing around well when they $6, go to bombs. Yeah. So after that, they go to his 
watch his store. location and yeah he owns a, a watch oh store yeah because uh, right destroyed as well yeah the 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 clue that takes them there is that he he batman grabs this watch he recognizes expensive and he knows that they're all registered because it's a good thing bruce is rich and he could recognize yeah. that this oh, watch I, is i also recognize expensive. this watch i have three myself and, yeah well and it's also lucky too that uh, once again hoarding his technology he has a wireless internet connected computer in the roles mm-hmm. they can just break into because he says he he's getting into the gotham pd database yeah again now clocking being an idiot he's using incredibly expensive easily traceable watches as bombs that are literally connected to his name right well it's almost like the um the riddler situation do you think he wants to be caught maybe he does because that's riddler's whole point is he writes yeah. these riddles so batman will catch him that's true maybe he's maybe this, this is all part of his plot, he wants to see well because he's also planned out so far ahead he wants to he yeah. wants to beat batman kind of on his own time i guess yeah yeah so they go to uh clock king's kind watch of watch company yeah which again uh, is, watch is in hut. disarray maybe yeah. you should sell some of those watches and put a little money no, into no, no, it, no, but... no. uh well there's no like upstairs like there's no more upstairs it's just the sign over the stairwell yeah downstairs which is um, filled with, I'm sure, very nice, expensive clocks. Right. So he's walking around. He sees the transit building in files, and he sees the... The clock um, tower. Yeah. Yeah, the Gotham clock tower. Um, and then they go back to the Rolls Royce. I was, I was confused here, because then yeah. they just jump to the bank. Yeah, so I, I, was trying, I was trying to figure out what was happening as this was going on. So I think Batman's reading <clears throat> papers that he found in the watch company, which mm-hmm. referenced this clock tower, which I think is adjacent to or part of... I think the, they did say the, Jason too. Yeah, the like bank. The, the the bank, which uh, over the police ban, Alfred realizes has just had a blackout. Because mm-hmm. if you black out the bank, then it deactivates the time controlled vault locks. Mm-hmm. Of course, it has to be time. So to the bank. So they head over there. They get to the bank. Uh, Batman steps in. Everyone's been gassed. Mm-hmm. Everyone's knocked out. He steps inside of the vault. Slams closed it's as always. Yeah, it's a trap. Of course, it is. But a pretty well planned. Trap, actually. This right. is quite what takes you thought out. So uh, the Clock King has left a tape recorder on top of a case. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, so the vault is locked. You have 15 minutes before all the oxygen is sucked out of the building. Right. Yeah, it's not gas. Like, every other villain has a gas bomb or something. Yeah. And he's like, no, I get you probably have every kind of gas mask in your belt. Yeah. So, I'm going to do the opposite. Uh-huh. Yeah. He said he's going to suck all the oxygen out in 15 right. minutes. Um, and that'll take, I think, what did he say, like 17 minutes less than batman would need to cut through the door with his acetylene torch Mm -hmm. and if he tries to move the case in the middle of the room it'll blow up but he does move the case yeah he does but before he does that we see he's he's got some sort of plot though because he grabs the cassette he macgyvers the shit out of it breaks it open starts pulling tape out we're like what's he doing with the cassette tape Mm -hmm. but before we can find out we jump to mayor hill is reopening a new train station a reopening yeah. i sent he said like central train station yeah it was gotham central train station but the, it was a big unveil of the first fully automated subway car oh that's what it was okay yeah so he's making big pomp and circumstance <laughs> he cuts the ribbon and he's waiting and he's waiting and the car's not coming well we see some a shadowy figure flip the like train switch the very convenient train switch that's in every city i missed that entirely oh yeah it's directly before you see oh, okay. hill yep. and clock king you hear his voice over the speaker system i don't remember what he says but oh, like, oh, oh how can you tra- oh. <laughs> this was really it was a great <clears throat> great like 
like high school slander. I feel like mm-hmm. how can you trust a mayor who can't even get the trains to show up on time? Oh yeah. Like, and so instead of one train showing up, two trains going the opposite way mm-hmm. are about to collide in front of the train station. Yeah. So everyone runs, big explosion. Everyone kind of gets out of the rubble and they realize Mayor Hill is missing. Of course he is. So then we jump back to uh, MacGyver Batman. Yeah. He's built this, from what I could tell, I paused just so I could kind of understand what was happening. He built like a tether, not a tether, like a... A pulley. He, he basically, yeah, 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 yeah. Like a, a pulley like a, system. Like, well, more like a, like a laundry line. One of those, like, you would see like in old movies, like it would go out the window and you could kind of like wheel the laundry yeah. out and wheel it back in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we had that made from the tape recorder tape. That's some tough tape. Connecting to the bomb slash oxygen vacuum. And he kind of rolled it to the wall. Yeah. And then threw a battery. Well, he, he's hiding behind uh, a improvised bunker made out of bags, uh, bags of, money. of cash. That's actually pretty, well, genius up to the point where they're all flammable. But <laughs> right. That aside... Uh, and he gets so close maybe, to the door. Maybe there were some, maybe there were some of them were coins. Yeah. I don't know. Although actually, hang on, hang on. Were the bomb to go off, there's no oxygen for, yeah. Yeah. To keep the fire going. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. Sure. Well, you, you do see a couple of dollar bills on fire as they're, yeah. like, as well, that's clear. Yeah. But it's, yeah. So he's hiding behind this, this, this bunker mm-hmm. and he gets dangerously close and then he passes out. But then he wakes. He comes back. Back up. Yeah. He comes and then he throws the batarang and the wall explodes and he escapes. Just blows that vault door open. No, he doesn't get the door. He blows up the wall. Is the wall? Mm-hmm. Are they blow? Oh. Yeah. That, that would make more sense. Like, I was like, that bomb can't blow up that vault door. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Like, and, uh, then, and then you look at the wall and there was no like um, contraption on it. Okay, fine. Um, I'm a complete idiot. Yeah. You know, sometimes he uses his brain. Not in the next scene. Oh. Uh, so then we jump to um, Mayor out. Hill's perspective. Yes. And he's, I think this is a very interesting murder technique. Uh, so Mayor Hill is taped to the hour hand of the giant clock. Yes. As the minute hand is coming and at 3.15 exactly, it's going to crush him. Which it wouldn't really crush him, right? I mean... The hands have to pass right, yeah, each they, other. I think it would like that's how clocks. I think work. it would like like cut him and I think yeah, cut I think, in half. I like think, you just I, like lose. Yeah, an arm I think or something. he would lose. You know, maybe I don't know, fifteen percent off of one side of his body. Yeah, enough. It would hurt. It would hurt. I mean, he probably bleed to death. Yeah, actually, uh, okay. So it's a gruesome, slow way to die. Yeah, fine. Claude King was very pissed. This yeah. is a this is a, a outstanding yeah revenge plan. Yeah, so now we know how Hill's gonna die theoretically, uh, and Batman Batman shows, shows up. up, and this is also the outside of him losing the court hearing. This is the first time we see Clock King like like freaking out. Yeah, like this is the first time it, something hasn't gone according to his plan. And so we have oh, this episode has the two big Batman go tos. We not only have a train scene. Two trains exploding. We also have a gear fight scene. Oh my giant god! You gears. know, I, I made a note. Giant gears. I didn't think about the fact. We got train safety trains. and gear safety. Is this the first episode that has both of them? I I think so. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Man, this is a milestone. This is a big milestone. <laughs> Not only are we getting to see this twice, but we see that the writers are running out of ideas. It was inevitable. These two elements would finally end up in an episode together. So. Batman runs back back into the clock tower. We see all the giant gears. Clock King chases after him. 
but they're not really fighting each other. They're kind of going up on opposite gears. Yeah, jumping around on on different things. And yeah, Claw King is getting way too much of a head-on Batman. Yeah. Like, he he says a comment like, oh, I've been watching you on the news. Oh, yeah. And it takes one twentieth of a second for you to throw a punch. Mm -hmm. To which Batman responds, oh, but it takes me one thirty of a second to do this. And he basically does a faint kick and lets the Claw King stab his cane into the gears of the clock. Yeah. But that whole fight just, it, it seemed ridiculous that even if it's a guy who has like such meticulous planning, he should be outsmarting him, not physically outdoing him. Right. Didn't well, you see that well from Batman's side where the whole time during this fight, he's trying to hit or he's trying to out brute clock King and clock King's just standing there and just kind of dodging with zero effort. Yeah, I guess. So then the only time when Batman uses his head is when he beats. I guess. Clark All right, King. fine. It just didn't, didn't, and quite, I think, didn't quite work for me. I think but. that joke was uh, so he says it takes one twentieth of a second for you to throw a punch and it takes a thirtieth of a second for you to dodge mm. or for you to do this thing. And I think that might have been like an animation joke because some, when they do like normal scenes, they film, they animate it one. Uh, 20 frames per second. Oh. And then when they do really intricate things, it goes up to 30 frames back then. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I think that was supposed to be like an inside joke. Yeah, I guess so. That's how I read it. That's, I had we'll a chuckle. It. Yeah, we'll take it as that. But yeah, so Clock King jams the works. Mm-hmm. The whole thing stalls, saves Hill. Yeah, he grabs Hill and he, Breaks tries, apart. he tries to grab Clock King, but he falls and Batman is horrified. It's like, ah. Because... I mean, to be fair, this is the second villain in three episodes, four episodes, that has quote unquote died. Oh, in Clayface? Front of him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but we, we assume. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Batman at the end assumes that, you know, he says, if I could have survived this, Clocking could have could have survived it. Yeah. Which I don't really think is true because Batman has years and years of training and, and gadgets his, and yeah. grapples and batarangs. Clock King has his pocket watch. Yeah. But hey, this. Some fancy pocket watches. They, they so. are some very fancy pocket watches. So, but saves Hill. The police think Clock King's taken out by the uh, gears. Mm-hmm. We kind of know. No, that's not. Yeah, that's about it. Is there any like sort of weird little like fun wrap up scene there at the end, or is that just kind of uh, it? No, that's kind of it. It's Gordon talking to the police force. Batman's hiding behind a tree because it's still daylight. Yeah, the the whole thing. This whole episode's in the day. Yeah, I guess it has to be because three fifteen is is the big number. I guess yeah, really, that's the only time that would have worked actually. Mm-hmm. So I guess they kind of had to do it that way. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, again, I like the clocking a lot. Mm-hmm. I know he has uh, at least one other episode in the animated series, and then like you mentioned, yeah, and then the, the JLU episode. League. I think those are better than this one, but I still like him as a character. Absolutely. And so like, as I always do, I kind of looked him up a little bit and there's mm-hmm. not, there's not that much to him. I mean, so the original character was named William Talkman and that's the name that was used in the flash and arrow. Okay. Okay. Um, and he was first the clock and then the clocking, but he's always traditionally been a green arrow villain. And then when they used him in the animated series, they gave him the name Tempest Fugit. Yeah. Temple Fugit. Instead, and he had an appearance in like the '66 show as well. But yeah, there wasn't. I don't know. There's not that much to him. I did have a, a kind of a random side question though. You watched this on Amazon? Mm-hmm. Did you also have the Batman Superman intro instead of the traditional Batman the Animated Series? Yeah, is this the first time you've seen that? I mean, I remember it, but I was, no. I mean, I mean in, yeah. in the series. Oh, on Amazon, probably a third of the episodes use that intro. Really? Yeah. Oh, because I I've watched basically everything we've watched. Well. Actually, no, I watched like most of the episodes on DVD and then I started watching on Amazon. And I've watched later episodes 
that would have actually had that intro and don't. Mm-hmm. And I was just taking it back, like, why why this random one has it? But I know it was cool to see. I like that intro. But mm-hmm. it was kind yeah, of Yeah, no, it, this has been an intro, I think, since um, whatever the episode after Two-Face, I feel like, had oh. the Batman Superman intro. Okay, yeah, I guess I've just missed it so far. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I sw- stopped watching it on DVD. Yeah, good yeah. episodes, though. Yeah, I mean, I think the Clock King is a great villain because Batman does fight some very smart people, scientists, physicists, etc. But this is the first time a villain's, like, his power is his brain and yeah. his preparedness. And I think that's why he struggles is because, like, it's hard to beat someone who's prepared. Well, I mean, because... Batman's usually prepared, at least knows how to improvise, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. this guy comes in who is, uh, yeah, much more prepared than him. It's 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 a good dynamic that I don't think they fully take advantage of, but I like the character. Right. And I like what he brings to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember liking his other episode better. I don't remember his other episode exactly. I mean, I, like I mentioned at the beginning yeah, of the episode, his Justice League episode is yeah is one of the coolest and one of my favorites. Because it's the Suicide Squad episode. Yeah, Task yeah. Force X. Oh, that's a good episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well... It's going to be a long time before we get there. But we have something to look forward to. We do, absolutely. But uh, any other notes on this? Uh, not really. No? All right, so we're now we're on to... just kind of one-off episodes. Yeah. Okay, so now we're on to uh, Bat Plug. Bat Plug. What do you got for us? What have I been watching? Movie-wise, if you guys haven't seen Moana yet, it's... I figured you've already oh seen it. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I've seen it twice, and oh, it's all it. I've listened to so far. Where, the soundtrack where has is been so my good. text to go see Moana, man? I'm sorry. Uh, we can go We can go later. <laughs> I'm happy to see it again. It's so I figured, good. I figured you'd go see it again, yeah. Um, TV shows, let's see. Uh, I mean, the news has been out for a while, but Young Justice is getting a season three. Yeah, excited for that. So I'm rewatching season one again. Mm-hmm. This is probably the sixth or seventh time I've gone through okay. it. It is amazing. Like there's I was only always, like mm. one other show that I've watched this much, and that's Avatar. Oh, right. Which is obviously course. my favorite show of all time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just more more cartoon reruns. That's okay. What my life comes down to. Well, I mean, it's sort of what we talk about all, right. the, t- all the time. Yeah. Uh, what are you watching right now, Chris? Um, I haven't been watching too much. Uh, I after talking about Killer Croc, I did go reread Earth One, the Batman Earth One volumes one and two. They're good, but have you have you read those? Have you read like Superman Earth One and uh, Batman Earth One? Only the first couple issues. Okay. What I had forgotten is that I always remember reading them and feeling a little bit unsatisfied at the end. And mm-hmm. I forgot what it is. Is that they're they kind of feel like long TV show episodes, but they don't feel like a complete story. Okay. Like I have this big problem with uh, any sort of franchise that does a reboot, and then the first part of the reboots like a movie or whatever like ends with the character being who he is so like they did this with nolan like batman begins ends and you're like okay cool he's now batman or like star trek ends the reboot is like okay they're now the star trek crew or casino mm-hmm. royale ends he's now james bond and all those franchises that went off and had like two or three other movies those still about like those characters becoming the versions that we know right this prolonged reintroduction and i kind of forgot that that's what they do with earth one Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, Superman's always Superman until the end of three volumes of this. And this kind of same thing with Batman, too, where it's like, it doesn't feel like an entirely complete story. The story's good, but it's almost not enough. Okay. That being said, I think they're still fun and they're worth reading, but I don't find them as satisfying as like reading like a Hush or a Long Halloween or one of those that feels like this nice big complete story. Okay, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So I guess technically that's still a recommendation. Yeah. Of sorts. You can still read it if you want. Yeah, still read it. It's worth, it's worth reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I think that covers it for this week. Yeah. So uh, well, also as oh. of uh, as of the day we're recording this, yesterday was Kevin Conroy's birthday. Oh, that's right. I did see it on Twitter. Yeah. Every, yeah. Thank you for being awesome. Yeah. And uh, giving us a, so much to talk about. Yeah. Giving us a real Batman. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that ends it. So uh, thank you to Olga Desatnik for coming down and being our audio engineer down here at the Nerdist School. And uh, we are at Tim Talk Pod on all the social medias. And where can we find you, Cameron? Uh, you can find me at Cameron Dexter on everything. And I'm at Lordifer. And we're back next week with two episodes that I can't remember Yep, off the top of my head. They'll be talked about. But I'm sure they'll be good. Mm-hmm. All right. Tempestimia. Te- what? The, the Kim Possible thing. Time Monkey? Yes. Tempestimia. Oh. Wow. Was you, you remember that at the last moment. I'm yep. really impressed. I try. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. On that bombshell. Thank you. Bye. Bye.